0: Hello and welcome to the Spatial Design Podcast, Episode 8, with Simeon Schaffner. Hello, Simeon. Hey, Christoph. How's it going? Good, good, good. Simeon Schaffner is a concept artist and art director at Chromatic Studio. He worked on several small projects like Uncharted, (laughs) Call of Duty series, The Last of Us Part 2, as well as various indie games and TV series alike. So, he has... A lot, a lot a lot, of them. great experience and i'm happy that tomorrow he starts giving passing his knowledge to the spatial design sem- third semester in the media 2 course
1: that's correct S- yeah S-
0: simeon can you tell me more about what a concept artist does
1: all day every day um that that's a good question so like first of all it's probably the way that people interact with concept art or what they know of is through the medium that it kind of portrays itself right so concept mm. art is basically only seen by the public in the final product meaning in, in a video game or in a movie or in a book or or tv series or whatever it might be but basically concept art is i guess the, the process of taking an idea or something that's written down or basically something that's in a different medium than what it end than what it ends up as um so for a film for example or a video game the idea starts on paper right it's written down there's a story there's a certain world setting and concept artists basically take these ideas and they visualize these ideas um you know for a for a broad audience to see um and usually that's done you know through um i guess creating images creating pictures creating images of characters how they interact with the world around them basically creating scenes you know for for a movie or or for a video game and of course stuff like set design comes into play as well so it's a very very broad um job or or you get to just design a lot of stuff you know for people to see And as you know, you know, spatial spatial designers as well, like everything is designed, right? Everything you see around you is designed by somebody. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to see it. You wouldn't be able to use it properly, right? So there, there goes a lot of thought into everything that's, you know, in a movie or video game. And of course, concept designers, that term is really only found Um, in the entertainment industry. So again, like videos, movies, uh, anything for for entertainment purposes.
0: Okay, so when you create these visualizations uh, that you maybe get some description from text, scripts, or maybe reference images, and you have an idea, you create this visualization, you give it back to the person that is responsible. Um, Mm -hmm. How many... Rough percentage of the things you're you're creating gets actually used, and how much actually gets thrown away or right. um, lands in a
1: portfolio or in an art book or somewhere. That's that's a very good point. Um, I'd say, I mean, there, there's a very rough figure, but I'd say about eighty mm. percent of what you create as a concept artist will never be used. Um. <laughs> And of course, generally, our stuff is never getting seen. Only the final product is being seen by people. Mm-hmm. So a video game or a translation of our visuals, basically. Um, mm-hmm. The only time you would see it is in a portfolio or maybe in an art of book, you know, of that um, of that specific project that you worked on. Um, so that's that's one thing. The other thing is um, there's, there's a lot of iteration um, just yeah. in terms of the process of how you get from that very initial idea to a fully fledged design that's like perfectly working on all levels and is as cool as it can be right there's a very big process in between lots of iteration lots of drawings paintings 3d models um a lot of people you know in that uh, are involved in that process as well um Hmm. so yeah there is there is a lot of back and forth between people and again some of these projects um, they take you know years and years to to get to the finish line so it's a very big very big process
0: so how do you handle constructive criticism and how this criticism this feedback loop has influenced your growth as an artist
1: um yeah you're you're absolutely right there is no growth without any feedback or without any external um guess eye to kind of look at your work critically and as a beginner artist especially you don't you don't really have that eye yourself it's very hard for beginners to kind of look at their own work uh, with a critical eye and I think as you grow as an artist and as you um you know get further on in your career and you have more experience you kind of learn sort of a new way of looking at your own artwork and almost like Mm -hmm. externalize that that um i guess that feedback and almost um, be able to critique yourself that's that's really what it is um but yeah in, in terms of handling it i think you just have to be not necessarily open i mean of course you have to be open for feedback and not take it personally but i think it's more so just a realization that you're working on a project with other people First of all, mm-hmm. and that there's always sort of a, I know it's a cliche thing to say, but there's always a bigger purpose to what you do. Um, especially as a concept artist, your let's say your drawing or your amazing painting or your 3D model, mm-hmm. since it's never going to get used as it is, um, it's always going to be handed down to other people. There's other people going to be working on it, um, and it's a very collaborative process. So I think once you realize that and once you have, you know, a couple projects on your belt, it gets very easy to see it from a neutral point of view. You're just trying to make the best thing possible with other people. And it's not really mm-hmm. your own anymore, in a sense, which is a really, really cool experience for sure. But you, you're mostly working remote. So um, on me young. personally, I do. And yeah. Yeah. So I'm freelancing um, most of the time. And there's mm-hmm. really those two... I guess methods of working one would be to work directly for a studio in-house mm-hmm. um so let's say you're working for a Ubisoft studio you know then you're you go to the studio every day you're um you're hired by that studio right you work um you know 8 hours during the day you go back home uh, you do something else and with freelancers um you're basically just on your own you have to get your own jobs you have to inquire you know about getting hired um, by studios you have to put yourself out there have to put your portfolio Mm -hmm. out there and really yeah use that flexibility that you have by being able to freelance um, and really use it for for the best so you have to be really involved um, with getting those those jobs you know and really making a name for yourself as well
0: But still, when you compare it as being with a team in the same room, there are other kinds of pressure that are like you either put it on yourself or because you don't know, you don't have any visual or immediate feedback on what others will think. And also for yourself, you don't know if it's good enough, if you're good enough and things. So still, I want to come back to the point. How do you really critique your own work and what areas do you feel you're constantly
1: trying to be improve? Um, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I think there's there's two levels to it. And one would definitely be on a, just on a technical level, right? So you learn how to look at your own wa- artwork and say, or, or notice, let's say, um, if the perspective is off or if the colors are not working or if, you know, the storytelling isn't there and it's hard to understand your image. Those are kind of the things that you pick up on just by doing I a like- lot of by creating a lot of images you know just by the sheer amount you kind of learn what um what that factor is that is or isn't working and the other Mm -hmm. thing is and i think that's more so by just exposure to other artists and through you know to the environment that you're in is you learn to develop your own art style and you learn to see in which avenues in which new avenues you can progress into right whether it's changing the style whether it's um you know adding more complexity to your image, whether it's adding characters, um, whether it's adding vehicles, whether it's creating a whole universe, you know, of um of something, kind of creating your own IP kind of it's, goes goes into yeah. that direction as well. But there's sort of these these two levels. And you, you just start to to see what's possible and then you can kind of progress in that in that direction.
0: So walk me through your typical creative process when
1: you start a new process, mm-hmm. then. Um, so w- one might think, since we're kind of talking about, or let's let's start here maybe. So the typical tools that a concept artist would use um, traditionally have sort of been, you know, a pencil and, and paper and really just mm-hmm. trying to visualize something with very simple means. Um, gouache, um, the medium of gouache was also used heavily uh, in the beginning of the um of the entertainment industry um and marker like sketching with marker and fineliner um kind of bring that industrial uh, design technique in, into entertainment design so these are kind of the traditional media um nowadays it's much more 3D and and Photoshop painting and um you know ZBrush whatever it might be but a lot of digital tools um mm. so, so people might think okay like it starts out with being very technical right away Mm. Um, but actually the way uh, i prefer to do things is just by writing down things you know by by doing a lot of small like very small sketches uh, maybe even with with you know pencil um, in a sketchbook or in photoshop with a digit um, with a digital brush Um, but just to try to capture your thoughts in a very simple manner because you might mm-hmm. have your finished image you know that you see in your mind's eye it's it's in your mind's eye it's already finished right with colors and mood and storytelling and everything and you can't mm-hmm. really capture that in five minutes you know or in 10 minutes or even an hour it it might take you 20 hours to create a super finished image you know the way you see it in your mm-hmm. brain so it's very important to kind of use all sorts of processes to kind of capture your idea onto paper and then you can move on and progress you know on top of that idea that you've established um, so that's how it kind of works for me I, I write down a lot of things I take a lot of notes I do a lot of small sketches maybe even break out let's say if there's a character or a vehicle or, or whatever it might be um, an object in the scene that I want to design maybe instead of painting or or showing That design in the image as it is i do a small sketch on the side of that design and try to figure out you know how does it look how can i build it in 3d maybe is there a reference that i can use to kind of create this design um and so it it, it's almost an amalgamation of trying to capture what you have in your brain and seeing Mm -hmm. where that thought that you had initially where where that even comes from was there an inspiration behind it that you can go deeper into Uh, is there a reference that you can find that you can um, create an even cooler design with right so it's almost like you're just trying to bring this ball um, like into into motion you know and kind of create a better and better design with each kind of iteration or with each next step of the process if that makes sense But still, in
0: different projects, they have different styles or so different references, mm-hmm. different foundations they build on top yep. on. But you still have your own style, and I, I, of course, some persons are much more rigid. Some person much more fluid. Sure. Yep. But then, how how do you handle this contrast? Or how you, do you adapt your styles for this? Different project or, or genres? Do you have to go in a sort of boot camp and teach you, or is that something that's really simple because you know how to break down um, the, w- the visuals, the images that are already existing, and you can quickly um, um, remix it or copy yeah, it, make yeah. it your own?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head um, in in terms of the word breakdown because that's really what it is. Usually, if if you get to you know onto a new project, there will be, you know, whether it's a PDF, whether it's single images or already or images that were already done for the project by other people. So you you will mm. usually, as a new artist on the project, you will get those images and those PDFs, which are basically outlining what the style of the project is, maybe what the subject matter is, even what the story is, what kind of colors they want to use in in the images what kind of art style it is you know what kind of whether it's it's anime whether it's um, cartoony whether it's super realistic whether it has you know the quality of of an old school painting whatever it might be right but there will always or generally there will be an outline of how you need to create your images or what they need to look like in terms of Mm -hmm. style Um, and again as you as you get more and more experience in your career and as you progress as an artist it becomes easier and easier to adapt to those styles just because you're generally more versatile you you can um, draw more easily right you're just getting better at the craft um, so it's easier to adapt to to other styles as well and maybe getting back to how much you said before you know there's definitely people that are that, that have kind of this I guess a service mentality where the artist is almost like the blank canvas and the client dictates everything right so the client comes to you and says okay i want to have this and this style this and this scene this and this character these and these colors so and you're just executing more design, design you're just executing whatever the client wants yeah and then there's mm. other people other artists and again like both are totally valid um there there's other artists that have a very strong design sensibility and subject matter that they like and that they you know just create over and over so they become known for excuse me for that particular style or for that particular subject matter Um, and then of course whatever you put into onto the internet that's usually what you will get hired for right so Mm -hmm. let's say just as an example if you're somebody um that just creates science fiction imagery usually that's then what you will get hired for is science fiction projects just because people or clients know okay that's what i see from this person from this artist i reliably know that person can create a sci-fi image for me as well right if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so usually people aren't going to hire you for other projects um, other than what you show um, in your portfolio so maybe that's Just a general advice for people out there. Whatever you show, that's what you're going to get hired for. So, the portfolio, Mm -hmm. okay?
0: Is there still a platform that is well known that people seek in these kinds of uh, jobs? um let's say concept art architectural visualization that are famous uh, for like it was art station or instagram or what are your favorite platform to upload um
1: yeah definitely so art station is is the big one um or has been the big one in in recent years and it's just a very broad or i guess it 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 broadens more and more but it's really known for concept design um and it's definitely the platform that everybody's on all the professionals um all the beginner all the beginners right um there are other platforms as well I mean you can basically put your art anywhere right where people can see right. it um like Instagram for example just all the social media outlets are really important to be on as well
0: but art session seems to still be the the reference yeah definitely um, yeah the reference okay. so uh in the second step is that you should not upload everything you have but really a specific selection of your work what in in the range that you want to be, or the field that you want to be hired, right?
1: Generally speaking, yeah, generally speaking. So, it's it's very hard to say how people kind of react to your artwork. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Um, But as a general rule of thumb, yeah, it's definitely good to only upload quality work right Mm -hmm. and i think as a beginner especially is you want to show or you just want to put your best foot forward and and show you know just good work solid work um instead of showing you know every sketch that you do in your sketchbook which is really crappy um and then yeah try to show that off as 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 potential work because that's really what you're doing is you're showing the client Um, a similar artwork to what they're going to get if they hire you right so you Mm want to show the quality that you're able to achieve once that client hires you right because they're Mm -hmm. expecting the same quality so if you're showing bad quality work then clients will think okay that's what i'm going to get from this artist right Mm -hmm. so yeah really try to curate your your portfolio and um, show only your best work yeah and then again like as you're getting better and better um your sketches and your your quicker images will improve as well so then you can go back and say okay like here's a quick sketch and it might look amazing right so then it's valid to right. also show a sketch because you have that mm. that foundation that backup of really nice mm. well executed finished work
0: but then still that's not the end in order to get maybe you do first, first job and stuff what other things can you do besides curating a very good website having a very good art station profile or whatever or whatever other platforms will be interesting in the future what other things can students do now in order to land their first job sure sure what kind yeah. of recommendation can you give for them,
1: sure to them so for me personally, like a, a big breakthrough was just, especially as a as digital artist, right? Sitting in front of the computer um, all day mm. long is go to events um, and really physically physical yeah, physically. Exactly. Yep. Mm. And just try to network with people. And, and I mean, of course, like focus on networking once you're at these events, but um, really just try to broaden your horizons in terms of the people that you meet other artists right new influences um just talking about art and really surrounding yourself with like-minded people right so there's there's popping up um there's events popping up left and right for i don't want to say just concept art but the entertainment industry in general, right? There's also Comic Cons, there's um, workshops that you can attend, um, all sorts of stuff, right? So it's really good to go out there and also just show yourself, you know, and say, hey, okay, I'm, I'm new to this industry, I wanna learn, um, I wanna meet people, I wanna present myself. And then, you know, once you go to these events a couple of times, you will know people, you will kind of, again, create your network, basically, right? And that doesn't mean that you will go to an event um and maybe we'll get a job right away if you talk to the, the second best person right but it's kind of an mm-hmm. accumulative effort in that people will remember you you know the next year and and the next year and they will see you improve right so definitely mm-hmm. bring your <laughs> definitely bring your portfolios along um mm-hmm. but if you put yourself out there right and really show that you can improve and that you can bring something new to the table maybe again like you have an interest um, of, of subject matter or style and you show off what you can do with that style or that subject people will right. remember you right they will they will want to make friends with you they want to might want to learn from you right which is also a big thing because other people are also open you know open-minded and want to learn from other people as well so um mm-hmm. it's it's really important yeah to to go out there you know so mm-hmm. to say so that's that's definitely one thing um so- yeah, you can tell by experience that it works,
0: because you know, maybe you want to tell your story how you could learn. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, story. totally. So, for, for me, it was this exact um, scenario. So, after um, university, I studied uh, scientific illustration in Zurich um, at the Zeta Decan and mm. basically I write... Bachelor right after university um i knew i wanted to go more into entertainment design because it's Mm -hmm. just such a a global um community you know they really push themselves they want to get better as artists right that kind of thing which is really appealing um so i put a small portfolio together tried to create some images and basically also just explored you know what can i do right what am i capable of as an artist um and then luckily enough two people from you know one of the big PlayStation Studios um which that that studio is Naughty Dog um they came to Beach. Switzerland um yeah. and these two individuals there was Shari Safadi and a Tanzana uh for those of you who want to who want to Google um legends yeah they're, they're definitely legends in the industry mm. um and they came to mm. Zurich and held a workshop um, and long story short, I attended the workshop again. I had this small portfolio, my kind of very personal, you know, stuff and, and images that I created, without really knowing what to expect, or without being able to compare it to other people. Right? Again, if you go, if you don't go to events, you can't really compare yourself, and and you have to as as an artist. Um, so yeah, I, I went to that event, talked to people, kept in touch um, over you know months and, and weeks and um yeah again I didn't really expect to get a job out of it um but after I'm not sure how long it was a couple months um which at that point was kind of owning a concept design studio so they he had a studio that exclusively worked with artists that created concept art for him and and the project that he was hired to do um, so basically at some point he asked me, hey, I, I remembered you, right? Or do you remember me from the workshop, you know, um, how things go? And um, yeah, we just kept talking and he just wanted to try me out, you know, if I could work for him, if I if I was capable. And that's kind of how things started, um, yeah, to, to get my career rolling from, from that point onwards. And since then, to the moon, right? Yeah, I mean, it goes on and on and it's... Um, again, I, I I did work on some really cool projects, um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, And they're they're super big projects as well. And I was really lucky to work on them. But as an artist, and especially as a concept artist, generally speaking, you're only as good as your most recent project. Because again, you will always have to, um, you know, develop and grow as an artist, right, you will have to learn new software new skills you will have to learn about new subject matter and again with each project you're just growing right so if you're not working generally that also means you're not growing you know as an artist so that's kind of where that where that stems from um yeah so each project is just a new stepping stone so again even if from the outside the project might seem like the coolest thing ever like the pinnacle of of entertainment design yes it is in a sense um but only for a very short period of time so there's always a new a new goal but um okay
0: so let's conclude having a good portfolio on the website on the sites that the people clients of the future are hanging out maybe use Instagram as sort of experimentation or something like iterative yeah, or just more personal um, as well being more the process to involve people more in the process sure. going out there in workshops in events um having your portfolio with you and of course talking to strangers um jumping over your own shadows yes. if you can say like that because I mean people go to events to be bothers I mean they're not like going to events to not make new connections or stuff like that so yeah it's it's don't be shy yeah, you're,
1: you're, but you're right like it's it generally comes from a very i don't want to say innocent but from a very artistic point of view again you're not sure you're there to pick up on on business and stuff but really the motivation is to just grow as an artist and to of course to uh again yeah surround yourself with like-minded people and before before i forget like the cool thing about events is also that a lot of them are held in um you know abroad in in other countries right so you get to travel mm. you get to also embrace the the global community which if mm. you're let's say you're i don't want to say stuck um but if you're in switzerland for example like there is no sort of big entertainment industry yes there's you know swiss, swiss movies that are getting created swiss indie games um, but it's not really comparable to the, the global big industry Right. So, if you want to work in that industry, um, work on the cool projects, on the AAA big budget projects, you need to, mm. you know, get in touch with that global community. You need to go to global events, um, mm. maybe even take courses, you know, from other people in that industry that are, you know, from the US or or uh, wherever they might be, and really try to, yeah, get into the thick of it, basically. That's kind of the best way to to describe it. All right.
0: Okay. So let's talk about the software and the tools, which seems to also be something like very fluid that can change really, really quickly. One constant is, I guess, Photoshop. And then came 3D and now a whole new possibility creeps in. So right now, the tools you are using, or that you're really familiar using, I guess they also change with the project, but... Sure, yeah. How do you approach all this fluidity and this newness and and then with 2D,
1: and then I guess you're working
0: also a bit with 3D and all these yep.
1: mad combinations? Yep. Um I think overall speaking, it's probably like the more you know, the better. Uh, so the more software mm. uh, you know, the better. Um, but also, fu- or f- funny enough, like f- there's, there's sort of two schools of thought. Um, and me personally, I try to sort of limit myself in the amount of software I use, let's say for one image or for one project, just because it kind of clears up my mind to really think about the design um, of, of that project instead of bothering with you know 10 different softwares and trying to create the perfect workflow which sometimes of course that's needed um but i try to just simplify things as much as possible but yeah you're right the thing started out with pencil on paper and now they're progressing to photoshop digital painting photo manipulation um photo bashing using photos as backgrounds um and then of course using 3d using vr um and of course like combinations of those things as well right so you might be able to take a photoshop painting into 3d and project it onto some geometry and then you know choose a different angle um or, or light almost like light your painting add lighting to your painting or change the color so there is that intersection as well between 2d and 3d and like super interesting possibilities um so yeah those are always good to to use as well it's just being a bit flexible you know in how you approach things um then of course yeah vr and now the newest tool that's starting to creep in which is um yeah all the ai softwares of course and um so are you using it or are you still
0: skeptical or i mean there or how how does the industry approach this new possibility?
1: Yeah, so the the industry is definitely um just ha- has to figure out now how to deal with ai because the the possibilities are going to be endless the more it progresses um mm-hmm. so there will be let's say restrictions to how studios might be able to use ai um we've seen it with kind of the most recent strikes in, in the movie uh industry um mm-hmm. so there will be restrictions on on big studios on how to use ai so that they, they basically have to use it in an in an ethical way um but as a a tool you know as just part of a process ai can be really interesting because it can cut out um very tedious parts of the process for example the way you know concept artists are using it nowadays is they're just using it to basically um again replace tedious parts of the process so if at one point you might have to sit down and just sketch or render out your image um in in photoshop right you just have to paint up whatever idea you came up with and spend 20 hours just making it look great so people can understand what it is that's a that's just Mm. a tedious process there is no design involved you just have to sit down and create the image right so that might be a, a part of the process that ai can take over you know so you show a sketch to the AI program and say show me this as a realistic rendering almost like you're doing with 3D right but that's Mm -hmm. kind of the AI is is um yeah just uh it's it's just it's just way faster and it's kind of um, clearing up your brain for the more creative tasks that's that's really what it is so in in that Mm -hmm. sense I really really like AI because it's just going to be another tool that speeds up the process and again, lets you be more creative while the AI tool um, is doing the tedious, Un- I don't want to say unnecessary, because they're-, they're definitely necessary. Um, but yeah, they're not very interesting for-, for artists, unless the art style requires, you know, a very hand-drawn, hand-animated kind of artistic touch, you know, then of course it's good to have the artists involved much more. Do you see also on o- other
0: trends emerging in the concept art industry or is that really the only like really big thing everybody tries to
1: um that, uh, that, know, yeah, i mean there is other trends and i guess since uh the, the concept art community or just generally the design community is always on the forefront of trying out new things trying out new processes new tools they always want to make everything into the new trend that's that's almost a a a thing in this industry so the the current ones i guess in the concept art design industry is definitely using ai um using vr that's still a thing Mm -hmm. um using Unreal Engine or, or using game engines okay. to kind of um, almost cut down on the intermediate or, or translating um, space of translating concept art into 3D, into production quality um, work, right? Because there's always going to be a gap between you creating your concept art image and other people right. taking that concept art image that you created and t- and taking that or using that to create, you know, the final product, which can be a game All or, or a big time. Example. Sure. You worked on the Last of Us yep. 2.
0: And there are some scenes that you have thrown that made it into the game. Right now, mm-hmm. Netflix makes it makes the I guess the second game into season two.
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: And they are filming right now so the chance and probability is high that some of your work will go into that can you say so do you know something about it can you say something about it Um, how how does it make you feel
1: good good question you have like legendary actors sure yep yep so if i knew anything i couldn't i couldn't tell you about it um i'm afraid but and I don't want to. And I want to stress this going forward. Um, again, it's it's always a collaborative effort, right? Of course. Um, but there is, you know, if you have, and there's there's so many different parts to a a to that process of getting something, you know, from the first idea to to the finished product. But there mm-hmm. is, um, it does occur that there's this one-on-one overlap, right, where something you draw or you paint or you create as an image will end up will end up one-to-one on the screen right or in the tv show um Mm. which is of course like that's really really cool but then it still goes through that process of other people interpreting your image or using your image as a blueprint basically to create Mm -hmm. um, let's say the costumes or the set dressing for a scene or the lighting for a scene uh, whatever it might be Um, so there is still just so many more people involved and it can um, like you, you have to be happy for other people to make your artwork even better. And I think that's also yes. an an important thing to um, to be happy about, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in in that sense, it's always like really cool to see your own designs and and uh, scenes that you worked on in in the final product. For sure. Well, see in the future, we are really excited for it
0: yes so yeah. Well, yeah let's say in the future are there specific types of projects or teams
1: you're eager to work on in the future oh man um like many many of those that i would love to work and i probably don't know <laughs> yet um just because you know once to come up and it's a new cool thing then you kind of know <laughs> if you see it right yeah. what you want to work on but one yeah. thing that i really like just as a as a general concept i guess yeah. is um assassin's creed especially mm. the the first ones where you just have that intersection of of history and a really cool time period and you have the added factor of, of pleasure of wanting to explore that time period or that world um I don't want to say like infotainment as a <laughs> as a buzzword um, Docu- Docutainment. info docutainment yeah sure um, also but yeah it's really that that just that perfect sweet spot intersection of I can explore history, learn something about history Mm -hmm. and have a lot Mm -hmm. of fun doing it. Um, And for me, (laughs) that's just, yeah, that's just perfect, you know.
0: So when I remember some years ago, you wrote your job title as an environment concept artist. Mm -hmm. Why did you chose environments? And wa- what? Since when? Or what are your earliest memories that you chose that space or environment is your thing that you want to
1: design professionally? Um. Now, now it gets deep and personal, huh? <laughs> um, of course. Yeah. So there's like, first of all, for for people out there, there's there's so many job descriptions in the entertainment industry, um, and you it's basically almost like you can give yourself your own title of course there's these dedicated ones that kind of people know what they mean right so environment concept artists for example we mostly create architecture um, set dressing anything that pertains to the space that you're navigating as a player there's also character concept artists that create the characters that we see on screen right there's costume designers there's vehicle designers so many different job titles um but basically, environment design was very interesting to me because I always felt, I just always had more interest in inanimate in things, you know, like castles, um, architecture, just old stuff, you know, and just spaces right. as well, um, since we're talking about spatial design, like big spaces, small spaces, and how you, again, how, how you not only perceive those spaces, but how you navigate those spaces. Right. do I have to as an example, like in a video game, do you have to navigate um, a space? You know do you have to hop across um, you know, different, um, I don't know, different boxes, or, or do you have to climb up a castle wall or just interact with the environment? And to me, that interaction with the environment, with, that, with the landscape, with, um, again, with a castle or whatever it might be, that was always the interesting thing. Because it made me feel yeah. like I'm going through the space exploring it myself. Um, I think yeah. that's why I was drawn to it as a kid. Um, instead of, I guess, a character concept designer. That was that was never the thing for me. I never wanted to show other characters or other people or how they dress. Yeah. It, it was always about, I guess, my perspective and how I perceived things. Um, yeah, if that makes sense. So that's why i became an environment concept artist or that's why i call myself an an environment concept artist you can you can also just call yourself a concept artist or a concept designer um and specific industries and specific um projects also have specific titles so it does get complicated um but you will find your way you know you will you will know what to call yourself once you're once you're into the industry of course
0: Last question. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) We we are at the future again. In the future, like with AI and also Unreal Engine, everything going maybe real time, Mm -hmm. much quicker, accelerated. Yep. Maybe with more or less ideas coming from the human. Mm um where do you think the 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 future of concept art will be and how do you plan to evolve with it
1: um so you you brought up an interesting thing which is ai being used for design purposes right so you can tell the ai program to design something for you so you don't have to do it yourself um, i think that's definitely going to be part of the future um, just because the AI algorithm uh, algorithms, of course, like they can look at a reference, they can skim through all the references in the internet um and create something new out of that, right? So they can remix very well and create a new design. But they can also just go through iterative processes much faster, right? As as you're mm. as you're saying, um, and just come up with new things by just by accident and the sheer amount of designs they put out, there's gonna be something there that's gonna be cool, right? Never seen before. So in that sense, it's it is gonna be useful. Um and again, on the other hand, the tool or AI as a tool for tedious tasks is also gonna take a lot of time off of you know artists' hands. So I'm sure there will be this period where a lot of people will not necessarily lose jobs, but will just have less work. Um and then once you, or once the tool gets more established and, you know, the people with a lot of experience in the industry will use those tools, they will become very adept at it, you know, and they will be able to use those tools much more easily, right? So it, it's kind of, I think a period of imbalance will be followed by a period of, of balance again, where it just, yeah, kind of balances itself out with it becoming a tool and much more wider known uh with people but yeah as as long as the ai tools evolve i think um it's it's going to be you know the industry is going to be unstable um but as soon as it becomes kind of the norm well was the industry ever stable especially the concept art yeah i mean that's that's a worthy worthy discussion um i mean with not, not only the concept art industry but the whole Art business or the, the artist where, where you, know? you
0: can be replaced really really fast if you're not for sure
1: for sure Trading, for sure. evolving and I think that's that's part of art you know ever ever since the beginning of of time right art has always been pushing the boundaries art has always been about just trying to express yourself in a different way or express something in a different way in a new way in a better way um, in a more specific way. So mm-hmm. as long as we use those tools for those purposes, um, and you are creative enough to come up with new ideas or new ways of doing things, I think you will always have a job, right? I think um, yeah, that's that's never gonna gonna go away. And of course, I and mean, maybe that's a, a discussion for another time, but just the the fact that AI is a again it is an artificial thing um people are also still and i'd say are still drawn to the human touch right and and saying that okay this comes from a person that i can relate to um so i think yeah that will never go away either um yeah so as long and that's why a lot of people also go back to drawing and painting with pencil and and um you know, oil painting or gouache, again, just because it's so immediate, it's so direct. Uh, and again, mm-hmm. there is this human artistry behind it, you know, that is, that might be flawed, but it is at least still human, you know. No, maybe
0: some someone or something or some idea that holds the concept together.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: You know, some, some oversight, some vision that it's really tough to have as an AI system. Mm-hmm. Because it only reacts to your prompts. Yeah, sure. So if you're not prompting with an overall vision or stuff, then it's you. It's it, it's maybe dangerous to get lost yeah, into. Yeah, definitely. So, so you, I, I guess that thing, that aspect of really knowing what you want and then letting the digital slave. Create the happy accidents. For you bring of course happy accidents sure. that are also bring the chaos in the order. Yep, yep. and. But then bringing, deciding if this isn't a happy accident or if it's, it's just an accident.
1: For sure. But I mean, again, like that's what people have been doing for, for years and years, right? So you might be able to use a paintbrush on paper and just scribble some strange shapes and, and read into it what it might be, right? It's the mm-hmm. exact same thing with an iterative process uh, that AI goes through in which it just creates a hundred thousand different shapes and one shape might be the coolest, right? Or the the right shape for the job. That's It's exactly the we, same thing. But yeah, you're talking about that a human still has to control what the outcome is and decide whether it's the right outcome or the right output. I don't know. I don't know.
0: There's something in art where you give out the control, where you, you just give up on control. Like, you start a project, you have a vision, you have a direction, it pushes you outside of the comfort zone, so you somehow give it the control out you're going to like the unknown sure. and stuff yep. but somehow you still feel guide, guided i don't know if it's the subconscious or something like you are still have the feeling that something has your back or something yeah, i don't know yeah. if you have any term of that but then you continue 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 until until somehow the coherence comes together yep. and you see it in the best case yep. But then you look at the beginning when you start and say, yeah, I wasn't so far ahead. I mean, I evolved to the thing, but still the core is there. I just added a lot of stuff and then took a lot of stuff again out that wasn't fitting a at all. So, I have some, or, or how, how do you think about
1: that? Yeah, no, that I, thing, I think I'm, you're, you're totally right in that there is always going to be a part of it that has to like the design has to go through a process through a stage where you have to find out or or push the limits of, you know, is this shape too extreme? Is this image cool enough? Is it too cool? Right? So you're going through these extremes just within the process. And at the end there still has to be, I think that's where maybe giving up the control, isn't the right word anymore. Like, yes, within the process itself, you can give up control as much as you want, I think, but at the end, like when the product is finished, has still has to be somebody whether it's you the designer or whether it's the people looking at the design somebody has to decide whether it was all worth it whether it's a good design for whatever purpose right but there is an instance at the end that makes a decision whether it's good or not whether you pay money for it or not whether you buy the thing or not whether you play that video game or watch that movie um so there is always a decision at the end Uh, like a final final judgment if you want Um, yeah, over over that thing that you or AI created and I think that that final judgment is always going to come from a human Um, so that's still the ultimate control at the end of the day
0: so with that final judgment (laughs) we're finishing (laughs) our podcast thank you very much yeah thank you so much for having me Appreciate All it. All your time and uh, looking forward for the course tomorrow. Cool. Yeah. Me too. You there too. Thank you. Thanks.